I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, know you're it. right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who's who we have tonight? Uh, I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. I have enormous respect for men and women who serve in the U.S. military. It takes commitment, it takes loyalty, patriotism, and guts. I've never served. I was of that age where Carter had abolished the draft and I was too old when Reagan brought the draft registration back, so I didn't even have to register for the draft. I was never opposed to it, but I just never went down that track. Several relatives have served with honor. But when somebody uses that status as a veteran in the course of grooming a child for sex, using that status as a military person to gain the trust of a child in an effort to rape that child, that is outrageous. And I've only seen this probably a half dozen times over the 19 years we've been doing the predator investigations. Most of the time when we're near a military base. But it brings up this story of a predator I've caught named Marshall Gertman. Back in 2006, during our Georgia predator sting, was 27 years old and a first lieutenant in the Illinois National Guard. That's a big deal. First lieutenant. He did a year in Iraq. On his profile, he had a picture of him and his desert camouflage standing next to a, what appears to be a Mercedes vehicle, military vehicle. Marshall gets into a chat online with a decoy from Perverted Justice who identifies herself as a 15-year-old girl. And from the very get-go, Marshall is grooming. And he starts off by talking about leaving Illinois to come to Georgia where the sting was because there's a military base near there where he was going to be for six months. And I'll get into the chat in just a minute. We also have an interview with one of Marshall's ex-wives in just a little bit. I think you'll find that interesting. Casey, 
he married her after he got caught in the sting. He was married also when he got caught in the sting. And is married again now, as far as we can tell. Here's the chat. Hey, hey, says the 15-year-old girl. Marshall, by the way, goes by the screen name High Excitement. Hi, what's up, says the girl. Not too much, you. Nothing much. Saw your pic in your profile, she says. Cool. Are you really in the army? Yeah, that's cool. You were in Iraq? Yeah, for about a year. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive to a 15-year-old girl, isn't it? Did you have to shoot anybody? He says, damn, nice pic on your profile, too. Thank you very much, she says. How close are you to Columbus, he asks. Not far, LOL, why? How did you know that? I'll be moving there next Tuesday. That's cool. I'll be at Fort Benning for five months. Wow. So he's trolling around in a regional chat room, knowing that he's going to be in that area of Georgia. The girl asks, how old are you? 27, he says. You? I'm 15. Damn, should I apologize? Yes, Marshall, you should apologize. And not talk to any more teenage girls. But that's not what Marshall does. Were you in the army long? Still am in. Was it fun in Iraq? It was okay. I got used to it. Thank you for the ad, she says. Do you mind me being 27? Grooming? Nah, it's cool. So, you're in Columbus, he asks. Not far from there. Awesome. We'll have to have lunch sometime when I get down there. Sounds cool, lol, she says. LOL, you wouldn't go, he says. I'm too old. Why wouldn't I? You seem nice. LOL, okay. You have a cam? Again, we've heard this pattern of grooming before. But when it comes from someone who's a 27-year-old first lieutenant in the Illinois National Guard, a veteran of the Iraq War, it's inexcusable. And it's unmistakable in terms of behavior. And if I sound a little fired up in this episode... And I'll get into this later. Literally, I'm in the True Blue studio today and just got back from a two-day sting in Ohio working with the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office in which we caught six predators. And when I tell you these are some of the most shocking examples of adult predatory behavior on children that I've ever seen, I'm not exaggerating one bit. I'll get into it a little later. But you'll see these episodes coming up on True Blue, Takedown with Chris Hansen. I'm a little worn out, but I'm also fired up. I kind of feel awkward sitting here talking to you in just my boxer briefs, though, he says. <laughs> Why is that necessary? It's necessary because he's grooming a girl. LOL, she says. I guess I could be naked, though. Boy, he's moving things right along. This is just about... A matter of minutes into the conversation. Seven minutes, eight minutes, maybe. I could just take them off and turn my cam on for you, LOL. It's your cam, LOL, she says. Not tonight, he says. Maybe later, though. Would you really watch me naked, he wants to know? Guess so, LOL. Why, he says. Why not? I don't know. Didn't know you were into seeing strangers' dicks. Not really, LOL, she says. 
Have you ever watched a guy on cam? Yeah, one time. What did he do, LOL? Mm, Better not say, she says. Why not? He'd get in trouble, probably. Tell me, he wants to know. I don't see how he could get in trouble, says Marshall. I don't tell what people chat about, LOL. Okay, I'm guessing he jacked off for you, though. LOL, am I right? Good guess, LOL. Did you like watching that? Kind of weird, kind of interesting, though. Yeah. Ever watch in person? So now he's incrementally moving from being in his underwear, knowing this girl is young, talking about masturbation, and talking about watching a guy masturbate in person. You can see where this is going. Do you want to? Like who, she says. I figured when I buy your beer, I'd just whip it out and show you. Jeez. Well, he says, finally, I'm going to go to bed unless you want to look at porn with me, LOL. He will go on to send her links to porn and encourage her to watch the porn. Click on and we'll watch the movie here together. What do you think? OMG, LOL, wow. Talk to me. What do you think he wants to know? Never saw that. Do you like it? Yes, LOL. There's one of a guy coming if you want to see that. Is it good? Tell me what you think. Did you see it? OMG, she says. What did you think? Wow, I don't know what to say, LOL. Be sure to erase your history and archives. He wants to make sure it doesn't trace back to him. So you just turned 15. Yeah. Damn, okay. Damn, why? LOL, I don't know. K-L-O-L. What are you doing today? She asks. Not too much, just hanging around, starting to pack. Pack? To go to Georgia? Oh, yeah. He's talking about being assigned to the military base near where the girl says she lives. Then High Excitement says, you gonna let me buy you lunch or something sometime? Yeah. Looking tomorrow? Why so quiet? Just relaxing, she says. It's more talk about lunch, what she's going to be doing this weekend. Then he talks about skinny dipping, playing pool. He's insistent about coming over, but he's being cagey about the specific sex acts. He's trying to work his way into her home when she's alone, knowing that she's just turned 15. And he stays on top of it. We can do something if you want. I said I'd love to if you want to. I'll just bring the beer and stay there. I'd come get you now for a drink if I could. He really works it hard. I wish I could see you tonight. Well, if you could, I would love to see you. I know, I'm just impatient, he says. I'm bored, want something to do, and you seem cool, and I'm anxious to meet you. 27. Been in battle. First lieutenant. But this battle is raging right now, so he can capture and have sex with a 15-year-old girl. I don't want to scare you off, he says. You're not, says the decoy. If I stripped naked and got in your pool, I'm sure I would. Why, LOL, what would you do? He asks. I don't know, what would you do? 
I was just asking what you would do if I got in your pool naked. He's being cagey, but I think it's pretty clear and you can tell what his intentions are. He finally goes to bed. Then there's more talk the next day of coming to see her, getting directions, and he makes a phone call, which is recorded by the perverted justice decoy. Let's take a listen. Hello? Hey. Hi. What are you up to now? (laughs) I'm calling you again. I know, I'm glad. What are you Whatever you want to do, I don't care. And he's talking this baby talk. Again, grooming a child. You know what there is to do there? Well, it's the middle of the night. I know. So do you want me to wait? Or do you want me to go into What? What are you... What are we going to do if you come see me? I don't know. Give me some ideas. What would you want to do? I don't know. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's trying to put the onus on the child. For some reason, thinking that if the little girl, the teenage girl, gives him some specific sexual instructions, that'll get him off the hook. It's not the case. I can watch a movie. Um, watch TV. Um, we like to just talk to you, hang out with you. Can you bring some, bring me some beer? If you want me to, I will. <laughs> mm-hmm. You want me to? I don't know. Maybe. I'd love to. <laughs> Can you give me directions? I'll get. Get some beer and bring it over. I don't know. The decoy who's on the phone is being a little bit coy about giving out the directions for a couple of different reasons. I believe we were just trying to time Marshall's arrival so it didn't conflict with other predators coming to that location in Georgia. We were a little bit out in the country. But also you can see his persistence when she pulls back, he moves in. Um, well, I've been talking to you. You seem really cool. I like talking to you. Um, I'm native down here. I don't know anybody. I just want to hang out with someone. Hang out. Skinny dip. Masturbate, perhaps, in front of the girl. And, of course, ultimately, if he's alone with the girl and we're not there... What do you think is going to happen? More about this predator I've caught in a moment. What does happen is that ultimately Marshall gets in his car and drives over. Now, Marshall sees me and sees the crew 
and bolts he's arrested in the front yard of our stinghouse. So I never get a chance to talk to him, but later he talks to detectives and when pressed, he says he made a bad decision. From bad judgment call and bad judgment call to keep talking to her. Well, you know, first lieutenants don't make bad judgment calls. Hey, not always. Not, not always. And the detective makes it clear that this could be the end of what was a promising military career. What's really sad, Marshal, is this could cost you a military career. I know that's Marshall was charged with a number of counts associated with soliciting a minor online. He pleaded guilty. He was given 10 years in prison, suspended after five, and then he had additional probation. The probation lasted until 2015. He got out, and while it doesn't appear that he's been in trouble with the law, he's in trouble with some of his ex-wives. He was married at the time of the sting, got divorced, and then married later to a woman named Casey, who joins me now to talk about all this. Casey, where did you first meet Marshall Gertman, and when was that? In 2013, I met him working a second job at a pilot gas station working overnights. And how did he strike you when you first met him? He was very polite, actually, and real reserved and very professional in a way. And what was his job at the pilot gas station? He was just a cook with me. He didn't really specify why, at 30-something years old, why he was working in a gas station. I just assumed he had three other kids trying to get caught up on bills. Did he tell you anything about his background, his past legal troubles? Not right away. Did he ever get to the point where he told you about being in the predator investigation? Long after it was done and over with. And what did you know about him when you first started dating him? About his military background, about his legal issues, about his past? He would gloat a lot about his military background and all the things that he had done in the military. And then all the things he was active in the church doing and trying to get his degree in biblical studies and writing this book. So he told you that he was studying biblical studies, trying to get his degree. He was writing a book and he bragged a little bit about his military background as well, being in Iraq. Yes. Give me a sense of the relationship, how it progressed, how you ended up finally getting to the point where you got married. We weren't really together for very long, but it was kind of a bullying situation. I'm 11 years younger than him. And I had two kids on my own, and I was working two jobs just to get by, trying to go to school, doing the single mom thing. And he had two kids of his own, and he was getting divorced from a second wife, actually. It was a mess. I had seen a little bit of his court hearings, but he would go on his own. He wouldn't really say a whole lot. And his family and the church was all very hush-hush about things. So his legal troubles, when you knew him, stem from child support from his previous marriage? Child support, he didn't really talk about either until we got married that that was an issue. He was behind almost $20,000. But with the other two, it was a visitation thing. But he didn't say why, that it was going to be a problem for him to get some visitations in custody. Did you think he was a good religious fellow? I did. My mistake. 
And when did things start to go downhill in the marriage? After we had gotten married. Right after you got married? Yeah, until we moved in together officially. In fact, we got married in June of 14. And I didn't move in with them until about October or November that year because I had my own house. It was about that time is when I found out about the offense. And he couldn't move in with me because I was too close to a park in our town. And I thought, well, I'm already married to you. This is my first marriage. And I was scared. I didn't believe in divorce at all. But whenever I had moved in with him, everything changed. He cost me my job. He got physically abusive. But he wanted control of every single thing. The house that I had and I owned in my name, he wanted me to rent it out. So you had your own home. Mm-hmm. You had two children. You get married to Marshall because he seems like a pretty good guy and a religious fellow and a perhaps a good provider. And he wants you ultimately to move in with him. And how does he start acting once you move in with him? That's when everything changed. It was behind closed doors. How did he act with you? Did he harm you? Was he physically abusive? Yes, he would lock the doorways so that I couldn't leave. We had a son together. He would hold the baby and block all the doorways and tell me that I couldn't leave, that he would kill me if I tried to leave with my kids. He would kill you if you tried to leave with your children? hmm I had called the cops one time before, and they didn't do anything about it. Did you believe that he would harm you? He had gotten pretty scary a couple of times with his outbursts. Now, he was on probation after getting caught in the To Catch a Predator sting operation, and he was a registered sex offender. Did you know any of this? That's the part that I didn't find out until later, until about the time that I married him and moved in with him. How did you find out that he was a registered sex offender? Well, I had a friend print out the paper that had said his offense, and then he admitted to it, and then his mom and his family was all behind him saying, oh, He's okay. And he was getting visitations with those little girls. So I thought it couldn't have been as serious as what it looked like on paper. Because whenever it transferred from Georgia, it really didn't look that bad. And how old were your kids at the time you got married to Marshall? Five and two. Five and two. Boys or girls? Both boys. Both boys. So you had two boys and then you had a boy together with Marshall and you're living in the same house Did it concern you when you found out that he was a registered sex offender? Not like it should have. And he was 11 years older than you, correct? Right. And how old were you when you started seeing him, Casey? 22, I believe. And he was 33. Do you think he pursued you because you were in a vulnerable situation? Absolutely. Single mom? Mm Mm-hmm. Trying to make ends meet? Mm Mm-hmm. No real social life or dating life at the time? Nope. He looked like a good prospect to you, though, in the beginning, right? Yeah. And what did he end up being in reality? A predator. He was a predator through and through, and it really took me living with him to see it. That was scary. Thank you, Casey. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. When you say he was a predator through and through and it took you living with him to realize it, what did you realize? What did you see? What happened? What did he do? He would get onto Craigslist and solicit sex lots of times. It was constant trying to cheat on me with all these people. 
prostitutes, whatever would show up and come up. There was some allegations of abuse to my children, but there was no physical stuff I could prove. There was lots of DCFS counseling involved in it, but it was all dropped because I had married him and he was able to get visitations of my sons. When you say he was meeting women on Craigslist, was he meeting underage women or just men and women? Actually, he was meeting men and women on Craigslist for sex. Yes. And did you confront him on this? Oh, yeah. And that's part of what started a huge fight. He wanted my two kids for tax returns. That's why I wasn't allowed to work. So he would take my tax return money to pay whatever bills he wanted to pay or whatever he needed to do or pay for prostitutes for all I know. Well, I didn't work. How did you find out that he was caught in the to catch a predator sting operation in Georgia? Jessica had brought it up to me, his ex-wife with the two girls. His previous wife. Mm-hmm. What did she say? She had mentioned that he had gotten in trouble in Georgia and it was kind of in the midst of their custody battle. But I felt like when she was saying stuff that she was just trying to be vicious towards me being the new wife, not so much that she was trying to, you know, warn me. So, of course, I blew it off. You blew it off at first. But when did you confirm that, in fact, the guy you married was caught in a predator sting operation trying to have sex with a 15-year-old girl and had served years in prison because of it in Georgia? When did it actually hit me? When I had my son in 2016, he was fired from his good-paying job. And in the midst of being fired, he got sent home with a packet of paperwork saying all the allegations that he had made to these people while I was pregnant with our son. And did that firing have anything to do with the sting operation where he got caught trying to meet the 15-year-old girl, or was that something different? It all kind of compiled together. That's whenever I found all the emails for the Craigslist stuff. And everything started making more sense. Did you confront him about the predator investigation where he got arrested trying to have sex with a 15-year-old girl? Yeah, we had a conversation about that a lot. And he tried to punch me for saying that he was on the registration. But it was true. Yeah. So he was physically abusive. He lied to you about his background. He professed to be a very religious man. What finally made you get a divorce from Marshall? fear. Shortly after my son was born, whenever he had gotten fired, I actually sold that house that I had been renting out that I owned on my own. That was the only income I had was renting that out. And we were going to build on two acres of property I had across town. Well, in the midst of selling everything, there was an equity that was involved from selling my house, $15,000. And he wasn't going to get unemployment for what he got fired for, which technically he quit so he didn't have to fill out that paperwork. And he took every dime I had. I didn't have a job at the time. I couldn't really do anything. Three kids, brand new baby. So he thought it would be a good idea to move to another house. I tried to take that opportunity to get away from him at that point, but it didn't work in my favor. And anytime I'd ever tried to get a restraining order on him, he would hire the best attorney in town and make me look like I was nuts. And when's the last time you saw Marshall? He still has visitations of my sons. So I see him regularly every other weekend. You still see Marshall every other weekend when he visits your kids? Yep. Since Marshall's arrest, since your divorce, he's been honored for his military service with a quilt he's been written about as a military hero. 
He has written a blog about having PTSD and surviving a suicide attempt. You see these articles and these things. There's no mention of his arrest in the Predators thing. There's no mention of his alleged abuse of you. They make him out to be a hero. What's it like to see those things? Very frustrating. So to this very day, he has visitation of your children and the child you had together. Just the child that we had together. My oldest son, he actually adopted. Yeah, there was no legality for that. But he does not see that one. What's it like to see him knowing what you know today? It makes me kind of paranoid that he's going to hurt my son. It's fearful. It gives me a lot of anxiety. And I'm wondering when he's going to snap. He might look like this hero on paper, but he's crazy. What do you want people to know most about Marshall Gertman and what he did to you? That he's manipulative. And manipulation comes from everywhere, not just your church, but everywhere. And you really don't know a person until you live with them. What did Marshall take from you? Time. My innocence. Peace of mind. A lot of things. Would you have married Marshall if you knew that he had been caught in that predator sting operation in Georgia? Had I had understood what all that was? No, definitely not. And if I knew the results would have ended like this, there's no way. He talked to someone he thought was a 15-year-old girl. Talked about getting naked. Mm -hmm. Skinny dipping. Yeah. Coming over from the military base in Georgia there to visit her. Yeah. And he showed up. What does it say about Marshall? That he's a liar and a manipulator. I mean, he still, to this day, denies knowing that girl's age. It's on paper. You can see it. Did you ever confront him about being arrested in the predator sting? Yeah. And what did he say? He really didn't have a lot to say about it other than I didn't know her age. But there was times we would drink. And the truth comes out when you're drinking. And he said it's because he had never been with a virgin before, which I don't believe that. But that was the best reasoning he gave to me. Kind of disgusting. Did he ever talk about his time in prison? No. That's what he would blame his PTSD on. He didn't talk about the military, like the actual bad things that happened. He didn't talk about prison or any of that stuff. What's the lesson of this for you, Casey, and for other women who might come across men who are predators? Dig deeper for the red flags. Pay more attention to those red flags because, I mean, he could have murdered me for all I know if I would have stayed one more day. I think that he would have hurt me. He's remarried since your divorce. Yes. Have you talked to that wife? I've tried. He blocks our conversations as much as possible. She does show up. She was the supervisor of our visitations for about eight months. And if you had to describe Marshall to other people, how would you describe him? Disgusting. Manipulative, a liar. Not as professional as he loved to be. Is he still a predator? To I believe so. But again, he's so sneaky about it. It's hard to tell. I still get those vibes. I still have those suspicions that he does things that he shouldn't be doing. Casey, thank you very much for spending time with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing your experience. We reached out to Marshall Gertman, and so far he's not gotten back to us, but we'll keep everybody posted. Thanks again. Thanks. More of our story in a moment. 
As always, I like to hear from you. This week's question is from Marlon in Tennessee. Hey, Chris, this is Marlon from Tennessee, and I just want to first off say thank you for all that you've done towards this worthy cause of going after potential predators. As someone who listens to your podcast, has watched To Catch a Predator a bunch of times, I keep hearing the excuse of, I was lonely. I was going through bouts of loneliness. Well, as someone who has gone through bouts of loneliness, I've never in my life thought about pursuing someone underage, thanks in part to your work, because not only do you show us where the line is, but why it is so important to not cross the line, and I don't think half these guys even get it. My question to you is, what's your opinion of vigilantes like, say, uh, Gary Plouchet or a Maureen Bachmeyer, who... You could argue took justice into your own hands. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What's your thought, Chris? Thank you, Marlon. In terms of the vigilante question, I don't condone it. I understand how somebody would be outraged if they thought this was going on just in general society or if one of their loved ones was targeted. It would be difficult not to act. I understand that. And there is a place for citizen journalists, as I have said over and over again. But the vigilante justice thing typically doesn't work out when somebody potentially commits a crime to avenge another crime. As I mentioned earlier, we just wrapped up another sting in Ohio. And you'll see this on Takedown on True Blue in the next few weeks. And... In each of these cases, and each one is a standout example of the dangers that continue to exist online for children, I asked the man, explain this to me. What makes you think this is okay? What makes you do this? What makes you cross the line between fantasy and reality? And they can't really give me a good answer. One said he had a sex addiction problem. A couple said they were lonely, as Marlon raised. None of that's an excuse. And one guy, one guy last night, just hours ago, one guy actually admitted to meeting other teenage girls online, gave me their names and locations. That information is now in the hands of the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, and they're pursuing that investigation. All six guys are locked up. One guy tried to mock me when I walked out. Said in a real snotty voice, you know, I'm Chris Hansen. We'll see how snotty he is when that piece of video goes viral. As always, you can find me on social media, TikTok. Have a seat with Chris Hansen. At Chris Hansen on Twitter, official Chris Hansen on Instagram, Cameo, and on True Blue, T R U B L U, our new streaming crime network. We've been out four months now. It's going very well, thanks to many of you who subscribe. Many new documentaries coming out, criminal investigations I've been doing, compelling investigations, and of course, more episodes of Takedown with Chris Hansen. As always, you can reach me right here 
at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.